Well, June is Pride Month, which celebrates the LGBTQ community. It's observed around the world with parades, festivals, workshops, along with other activities to commemorate the June 1969 Stonewall Uprising that took place in New York's Greenwich Village following a police raid on a gay club, the Stonewall Inn, which really sparked a movement. Pride Month also gives us an opportunity to remember the discrimination and exclusion this community has historically faced, while at the same time applauding the remarkable progress it's made in the 50-plus years since the uprising. Although major strides have been made, many people in the LGBTQ community continue to experience discrimination and lack some of the legal protections afforded to their heterosexual counterparts. But at the end of the day, Pride Month gives us a chance to promote equal justice and opportunity for this community during their working years as well as into retirement. Welcome back to Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth. I'm your host, Al Waller. With me is Katherine Collinson, CEO and president of Nonprofit Transamerica Institute, to share insights and recommendations. Katherine, nice to be together again. Hey, Al, it's great to be back. I am so glad that we are celebrating Pride Month on the show. Thankfully, the world is a much different place today than it was 50 years ago during the Stonewall Uprising. Societies are now more welcoming of LGBTQ people and more are identifying as such, especially younger people. Agreed. And I recently uh, took a look at a, a 2021 Gallup poll that shows some stark differences in people identifying as LGBTQ plus by generation, finding that 21% of Gen Zs and 11% of millennials identified as LGBTQ plus compared with just 4.2% of Gen Xers and 26 of baby boomers. What does that tell you? What implication uh, does this have, Catherine? Well, of course, young people always have and always will have a profound impact on the future of society. And mm -hmm. today's young people are having a profound impact on the future of diversity, equity, and inclusion. But since we're talking about future retirement, I don't want to lose sight of baby boomers and Gen Xers. There's mm -hmm. about 70 million baby boomers, according to insider intelligence. So even with just 2.6% percent identifying as LGBTQ+, that identifies to more than 1.8 million people. And combined with Gen X, the oldest of whom are turning 57 this year, there are a lot who are nearing retirement. It's a light on the horizon that is growing brighter. Well, I agree with you. And that's a pretty significant in size of uh, numbers. And while we can celebrate the victories gained in recent years, such as marriage equality and workplace protections, it's important that we really remember that those baby boomers and Gen Xers have already lived much of their life without the ability to marry. And they've also uh, faced both subtle and overt discrimination and work, all of which have impacted their finances. Right, Catherine? Indeed. And those are really great points. And overall, our research finds that many are at risk of not achieving a financially secure retirement. According to findings from our most recent report on the topic, only 19% are very confident that they'll be able to fully retire with a comfortable lifestyle. What else, uh, though, can you tell us about the general financial profile of members of this community at large? 
Our survey finds that they've saved significantly less in total household retirement savings. They've saved an estimated median of $43,000 compared with $99,000 among their non-LGBTQ plus counterparts. A major factor is age. We've already touched on that many younger people are self-identifying as LGBTQ+, and we see this in our research as well. The median age in the workforce is 33, which compares with age 41 of non-LGBTQ plus workers. What this means is they're eight years younger, and they've had eight fewer years available to save and build and grow their retirement savings. However, as we look at this retirement savings gap, there are other major factors that we have to consider. Specifically, our research finds they earn less and they're more likely to work part-time, which often means they don't have access to employer-sponsored retirement plans. Also, they're more likely to be single, so there's only one person reflected in those total household retirement savings. Right. Catherine, I know we suggest that listeners start saving for retirement early, often, and consistently. So then how would this group be uh, faring in that respect? They are doing a terrific job saving for retirement, and they have an opportunity to do an even better job. Let me share with you some striking findings from the survey work. Almost three in four, 73%, are already saving for retirement, either in the workplace or outside of work. And they started at a median age of 25. They're starting young and they're getting a really strong start. Of course, I mentioned almost three and four are saving. I would love to see that number closer to 100%. I'd also like to give a big shout out to those who are participating in an employer-sponsored 401k or similar plan. The median annual contributions to those plans is 15%, meaning they are, as a median, contributing 15% of their annual salary to the plan. And that is just super impressive. Calme is one of those that's impressed. I mean, it, it sounds like they really get the importance of savings. But then again, just uh, how are they doing, say, as far as uh, planning for the future? That is an opportunity. They're doing a fabulous job saving, and many more could be engaging in retirement planning. Only 34%, that's just one in three, have formulated a written financial plan as a retirement strategy. And as we've talked about on the show many times, Al, a written plan is your roadmap. And we know that it is all but impossible to reach a destination if you don't have a roadmap to get there. And your retirement strategy includes goal setting, how much you need to save, investing, and even course corrections along the way. Because our lives can change if we start saving at 25 and are going to retire beyond 65 or 70 or later. That could be 50 years. Well, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, and as I've said in the past, what's written gets done. But that said, I couldn't agree more. Did your research uh, surface any other issues, Catherine? One thing I'd like to put a big spotlight on is caregiving. Almost half 
48% of LGBTQ plus workers are either currently serving or have served as caregivers to an aging parent, family member, or loved one in the past. And this, just for your reference, compares with 38% of non-LGBTQ workers. Now, a large majority of both groups have made some sort of adjustment to their employment situation, which could translate to their financial situation as a result or in response to becoming a caregiver. And the types of adjustments made range from missing days of work, reducing hours. A few have even quit their jobs altogether. So if you are faced with caregiving responsibilities, I highly recommend that you do your homework and carefully consider your options, especially if you're thinking about taking time out of the workforce or dropping out of the workforce altogether. It can come as a really high price in terms of lost income, lost benefits, and the inability to save for the future. So if there's any way you could maybe shift to part-time or work on a contract basis, you can continue earning, saving, and it's easier to dial back up full-time when you're ready to do so. Also, I want to point out many employers are now aware of the prevalence of caregiving employees and are responding by enhancing their employee benefits programs. So if you haven't looked at your employer's programs lately, now is a great time to do so. There could be benefits in there that you just aren't aware of that could really be helpful if you find yourself as a caregiver. Well, that's really encouraging because, as you've noted, a lot of companies uh, offer help uh, identifying caregivers or retirement living arrangements through their EAPs or employee assistance programs. So uh, what else have you got on your mind? I mean, did any other issues uh, bubble up during your research? Let's go back to retirement. And there are three issues that I just want to point out. They're on my mind a lot, and I just want to put some emphasis on them. I'll take them one at a time. The first is, I mentioned earlier that LGBTQ plus workers are more likely to work part-time, which means they are less likely to have access to employer-sponsored 401ks or similar plans. So if you work part-time or if you work for an employer that does not offer benefits, consider opening an individual retirement account, an IRA, so that you can start saving for retirement on a tax advantage basis. Um, Most banks, credit unions, and financial institutions offer them. Second, it is all over the news these days about the great resignation, the great quit. Job changing is at an all-time high. So if you are changing jobs or considering changing jobs, be sure to look at the total benefits offering of your current employer, as well as any future employers, to see what's available, to do an apples-apples comparison, and of course, pay close attention to those retirement benefits. And then the third thing is, speaking of job changers, I'm just super worried that many are not fully considering their options about what they can do with their 401k account when they leave an employer. Uh, We talked about this at length on a previous episode of Clear Path. So I'll just touch on the four major potential options. One is you may be able to keep your savings in your former employer's plan. Two, you can roll it over into an individual retirement account or IRA. Or three, you might be able to roll your balance into your new employer's plan. 
The fourth option, which I recommend against, I highly discourage, is cashing out your savings. By doing so, you'll likely face a tax bill as well as a potential penalty if you are under age 59 and a half. Not to mention, these are retirement savings, and someday, i.e. when you retire, you're going to need them. Yes, you will. Sage and comprehensive advice as always, Catherine, and again, great to have you with us. We hope you'll join us for future episodes. In case you missed them, check out previous episodes, including The Great Resignation, Options for Your 401k that Catherine just referred to, and Rising Inflation Explained. ClearPath, your roadmap to health and wealth, is brought to you by Transamerica Institute, a nonprofit, private foundation dedicated to identifying, researching, and educating the public about retirement security and the intersections of health and financial well-being. You can find our weekly podcast on WYPR's website and mobile app, wherever you get your podcasts, and at transamericainstitute.org. Clear Path, Your Roadmap to Health and Wealth is produced by Transamerica Institute with assistance from WYPR. And remember, if you have ideas for future episodes, comments, or feedback, please email us at info at transamericacenter.org. Until the next time, I'm your host, Al Waller. Stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. The information provided here is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as insurance, securities, ERISA, tax, investment, legal, medical, or financial advice or guidance. 